0: welcome to episode 62 of real life ghost stories how you do first of all happy Happy new Year. year Woo! i hope you had a lovely restful and peaceful christmas break whether or not you celebrate christmas and that you had a lovely new year and happy new year to everybody we love you we appreciate you and we hope that all of your dreams come true for 2020 yes we do we would like to thank our Patreon subscribers. Are you ready? I am ready. Yep. We would like to thank Nicole Wall,
1: Jessica Quinn, Mia, Anya Victoria,
0: Maureen, and Colin Dodd,
1: Kaylee McConnellog. <laughs> McConnell
0: I think it's Connell. You.
1: Connell. Con- I don't actually know. Kaylee McConnelly.
0: <laughs> Stacy Watson.
1: Kirsten Kistler.
0: Wayne Larson.
1: Emma Mellencamp
0: danielle Palmer,
1: melinda hannish why have i got all the hard ones you week? have
0: got all the hard ones <laughs> mikey whitehead
1: <laughs> <laughs> kenneth fjellheim johansen
0: that's not bad no. i mean i don't know if it's, a problem. No, it's, it's not probably bad. not but amanda harman
1: kerry louise coombs
0: rebecca abbott
1: rachel lawrence
0: katie ramsberg
1: and hannah Rubri. thank you so much
0: thank you we love you and we appreciate you donating your hard earned cash to our podcast. Yeah, so, our we do. film review this week.
1: We watched a film.
0: We watched a film. I've <laughs> just, just remembered. <laughs> is Brightburn. Brightburn was released in 2019. It has 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? I would
1: like a synopsis, yes.
0: Tori and Kyle find a baby boy in a spaceship and adopt him as their own child, Brandon. However, after turning 12, Brandon learns that he has superpowers and begins to use them for sinister purposes. What were your thoughts on this film?
1: I was very excited to watch it because I really wanted to see it because it felt like it was what might happen to Superman and if he was turned out to be a bit evil.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of describing it.
1: And I like the fact that it was very similar to the Superman story, only it just went a bit wrong for the parents. Yeah, I mean, it went majorly wrong for the parents. parents.
0: (laughs) If it was ever going to go wrong for the parents, it went it went as wrong as it could go.
1: I actually really enjoyed it. Like really enjoyed it. Cause I just liked the little nods and nuances and like the little things that happened. It was a little bit, it was unnecessarily gory in points. I will give it that. But I liked it. I liked the fact that it was all aligned with Superman. It happened in Kansas. It was a baby on a farm that they adopted who had lasers coming out of his eyes. Amazing.
0: And he had a, a Kryptonite equivalent as he well. Did. I liked the little nods to Superman as well. It was too gory for me. There, it was. There was a lot of gore sounds that made me want to vomit, and I didn't like it. Um, it has
1: Badger from Breaking Bad in it.
0: I think I was disappointed in it.
1: Oh, I wasn't. It was what I was expecting it to be. The only thing I was disappointed was the mother's the mother at the end. And that's all I'm going to say, because I just realized it was a massive spoiler if I said I was disappointed. But yeah, The Mother at the end was the main reason I was disappointed.
0: I think um, I expected it to be too much of a horror and not a superhero film. I think I expected it to be more in the horror genre and then I'm not into superhero films. It's not really my thing. Oh, but he
1: was well creepy, though.
0: Yeah, he was. He was very good. It was kind of like if Superman was a psychopath. Yes. That's kind of the vibe it was going for, which I enjoyed. I appreciated the vibe. And I was thinking about it when I was watching it, like we think about superpowers and we all have the like I would obviously if I was a superhero I'd be Matilda. Yeah. If you were a superhero, who would you be? I
1: don't I don't know, Superman probably actually, to be fair. But
0: if if you were a superhero you also assume that people are gonna do good things yeah. but they might not do good no. things. And if you're a twelve year old boy who suddenly realizes he is like fucking super strength and can fly and shit.
1: Yeah, I mean the first few things he does, I like I'm like, I understand where that came from and then he just gets a bit crazy, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, it goes a bit over the top. Really, but I feel it?
1: like if I was a superhero, I'd end up being Hancock.
0: The one that's a bit what? shitty. <laughs> yeah,
1: the one that's just constantly that drunk. lead Smith. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess he'd have a lot of expectations on you, wouldn't he, if yeah. you were a superhero? People would be like, oh, you just superpowers do this. And I'd be like, no, I just leave me alone. Yep. I just want to sit at home and watch Netflix. I don't need to be fucking flying or using my super strength today. Thanks yep. very much.
1: And the other thing I liked about this quickly yep. was that... It signposted something that didn't happen, which is quite nice. What do you mean? It sign- signposted how it might end, didn't it? In terms of like the little boy and how he might be stopped quite early on. And oh then, yeah. And, and you noticed the, it yeah. really
0: early on. And then I was like, oh yeah, really good spot. Well done. And it also gave, um, it gave the hint that there might be sequels.
1: It did. Yeah. Which
0: I was kind of like, I'd watch a sequel
1: and i would watch a film of the um what's his name the guy in the older brother of daryl in um, walking dead
0: oh yeah yeah
1: there's a the bit of him in the post credits as a online alex jones-esque nut job
0: woody harrison
1: no it's not woody harrison but it, it's uh yeah there's oh, the a
0: guy that he's in 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 that um weird superhero space film as well yeah he's it? in guardians of the galaxy, guardians well, of the galaxy yeah, yeah. that's
1: it but he there's there's um footage of him in the credits and doing an Alex Jones type stuff. I'd, I'd watch a whole film with him doing that. Yeah, it was interesting. It was quite entertaining.
0: So, what would you give this film out of five?
1: I would give it four and a half because simply because I did feel it was unnecessarily gory. I didn't think we needed some of the stuff, particularly how Badger dies. Not that he's called Badger in this, but the way
0: he dies is awful. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm actually going to give it a four. I, I think, I know, I think I was like disappointed in terms of it wasn't a horror film. I mean, it was a horror film, but it wasn't. It had horror elements, but it had too much superhero element for me. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I thought it was a really interesting concept. And I thought the idea of like the potential of a Superman gone wrong, I liked it. Yeah, good. I liked it, so I'm going to give it four. Good. I would recommend it. Worth I'm a surprised. watch. So.
1: <laughs>
0: today we're talking about something very exciting. Okay. So I was thinking about the fact that Brightburn is about this kid who has like superpowers. Yep. I don't know any kids with superpowers.
1: Mm. No, me neither.
0: No, so I kind of was a bit limited to what I could to what I could um, research for this one. However, what I did find, or what I did want to talk about, was kids who have lived before. So, kids Ooh. who are reincarnated. Ooh, yeah. Okay. What do you know about reincarnation, or the idea of reincarnation, or the idea I of past
1: lives? A, I think it's a Buddhist principle, isn't it? Is it not like Hindu? Yeah. Well, it's got some religion. It's got some religious things, and if you do. Live well, you might get reincarnated in a slightly higher up position. And if you live badly, you go down the chain. You come back as an ant or something.
0: I guess if you don't have the Christian idea of a heaven or a hell, you need some sort of incentive to live a good life. Yep. So for Buddhism, part of that incentive is A, reaching nirvana and B, reincarnation.
1: Or maybe it's Hinduism with reincarnation. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. That's all I know.
0: Anyway, please correct us if we're wrong. We don't pretend to be experts on everything. But anyway, so I had a look at uh, different stories of reincarnation in kids and I found three really interesting stories for you. Okay, cool. Are you ready? Yes. So our first two stories come from exemplar.com and it was written and researched by a woman called Nell Rose who is like super interested in research and reincarnation a superhero. who is a superhero <laughs> her special power is actually invisibility no so she is really interested in reincarnation past lives and um something that we'll talk about at the end so our first story is about a little boy called James Leninger okay have you ever heard of him before never heard of him let's do this okay James Leninger, who lives in Louisiana, was just two and a half years old when he started talking about his vivid dreams and strong memories of being a man called Lieutenant James McCready Houston. He went on to say that he had been a World War II fighter pilot from Uniontown, Pennsylvania, who had been killed in Jima more than 50 years before. At the tender age of two, the boy began talking about aviation and his knowledge of the subject was amazing. He hadn't learned it from his parents, and they knew nothing of flying or being in the Air Force. James started having nightmares about being shot down by a Japanese plane with a red sun on the side. The child's parents began to study the subject, and to their astonishment, they realised that something very extraordinary was happening. There was no way James could have known this amazingly true information. His nightmares started after his father had taken him to the Dallas Flight Museum, But there was nothing there that could or would have started these amazing revelations. Andrea recalled how James would scream at the top of his voice, Airplane crash! On fire! Can't get out! Help! And he would be kicking and pointing to the ceiling. At one stage, when Andrea took James shopping, she pointed out her plane in a shop window. Look, she said, it has a bomb on the bottom. She was astounded to hear her two-and-a-half-year-old state, That's not a bomb, that's a drop tank. Andrea had no idea what on earth a drop tank was. He went on to tell his bemused parents that he had flown a plane called Corsair which took off from a boat called the Natoma. When his parents served him up some meatloaf for lunch, which he would never eaten before that day, he said, Meatloaf? I haven't had that since I was on the Natoma. Bruce James' father decided to do some research of his own. He discovered that there had been a small escort carrier called the Natoma Bay which had been in the battle of Jima. Further research proved that there had indeed been a pilot called James Houston. His plane had indeed been hit by a Japanese fire and was struck in the engine. This was on March 3, 1945. In a further twist to the story, Houston's sister Anne Barron, who was now 87 years old, was tracked down. She stated that after listening to little James's story, she believed him. He knows too many things and for some reason, he knows what happened. Houston's cousin Bob, now 74 years old, also had this to say. To me, it's amazing. Everything the boy has said is exactly the account told to James Houston's father and also my mother. There's no way this child could have known that. When James was six years old in 2004, his father took him to a reunion of veterans who had served on the Natoma. When he was there, James was able to recognize one of his old mates after 60 years. His parents stood in awe as he stated, but they're all so old now.
1: Oh my gosh. That doesn't even sound like reincarnation. That just sounds like he's trapped in the body of the boy.
0: Like Like he's possessed little boy is
1: possessed. (laughs) That's so weird. We've both got like nieces and nephews of the age. Yeah. Imagine if they just started spouting out random aviation stuff.
0: I just... uh, What two-year-old that you know can speak that well? None. I know we've had this conversation before. Yeah, we have. (laughs) And I know I'm always like, what two-year-old is speaking in sentences like that. I just being able to describe a Japanese plane. Yeah, and like, oh, no, that's not a bomb. Are these... uh, Yeah, that's a drop tank. It's not a bomb. (laughs) Right, so my my thinking of this one is that potentially the little boy showed some sort of interest in airplanes or aviation or whatever. And maybe he did say some weird, freaky shit that made them go, okay, that's weird and freaky. But it sounds like they were pointing out planes to him at every opportunity. Like they took him to a flight museum and then expected him not to be talking about airplanes all the time. Mo- the mum was like pointing out flight things to him. Mm. And they took him to that reunion. It sounds like with the expectation that he would go, I recognise some of these people.
1: But he's two. So he hasn't even got that cognitive ability to be able to go. You can't impression You can't. Oh, he was six when he went to the thing though, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, that's slightly older, I guess. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I was going to say someone like a child of two, you couldn't like.
0: Oh, you couldn't like prime him for that. No. But I think, I think potentially the you parents were. You might six eh? feeding into the narrative hugely but I'm not maybe maybe not maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm just a cynical bitch
1: <laughs> I think he's possessed
0: okay not what I expected you to say but then by, when by do the, I ever expect you to say
1: anything because it doesn't really sound like it's just like a past memory it sounds like it's actually him in a Benjamin Button kind of situation
0: but then that's the point of reincarnation isn't it that you are you but in a new body
1: yeah but I didn't think you were conscious of that fact like I thought you had to untap it
0: What people argue is that we are all reincarnated from somebody, but that most of us aren't conscious of it. But children are more, obviously, more susceptible Mm, to these things. Okay,
1: interesting. I wonder what he's doing now. I didn't If he's a pilot, that would be amazing.
0: Uh, Yeah, if he was, like, a fire pilot, he'd (laughs) be like, my God. (laughs) Do you want another story?
1: Uh, Yeah. I thought it was quite, I'm I'm all right with that. It doesn't unnerve me. No, they're
0: not. I didn't go for the freakiest ones. I went for the interesting ones. Okay, okay. So Cameron McCauley is our next one. He has been telling his family about his previous life on the island of Barra which is situated off the west coast of Scotland. Cameron lives with his mother Norma. He started talking about a white house that overlooked the sea and the beach and he went on to explain how there were aeroplanes that used to land on the beach and also that he was very fond of a black and white dog he'd had while he was there. The family had never been to Barra as it was over 200 miles away from where they lived. To get there it would take them an hour by plane or even longer by sea. His dad on the island was called Shane Robertson, who evidently died by being knocked over by a car. Cameron's actual words were, he didn't look both ways. One of the strangest subjects was the toilets. He used to keep complaining that on Barra his parents had three toilets. He also spent ages drawing his house, a long white building standing on the beach. He would sit on his chair, talking about his parents and brothers and sisters, and as time went on, he got more and more upset about leaving his other mother. He would cry continuously and say that he wished his mother could see that he was alright. The story soon came to the attention of a film company, and after listening to his story, his nursery school teacher suggested that maybe they should film him and go to the island. After setting up a meeting, the film company agreed to take Cameron to Barra. They were also escorted by Dr. Jim Tucker, a child psychologist. When Cameron was told he was going, he couldn't stop jumping up and down. I'm going home, I'm going home, he shouted. Upon reaching the island, they were astonished to find that they had indeed landed on the beach. Cameron started running around and yelling, I'm back! Chattering away about his barren mother, he told everyone that she had long brown hair that fell all the way down her back and that she read him stories from the Bible. Cameron's mother stated that they were not religious people and had never done this at home. They soon booked into a hotel and started to search for clues to Cameron's past. After contacting the Heritage Centre to find out about the house, they were unable to find records about any house being owned by the Robertson family overlooking the bay. To say they were disappointed would be an understatement. They drove around the island looking for the house couldn't even see one that resembled Cameron's description. Then they realised that they were looking in the wrong direction. The planes that Cameron saw would be coming in from the wrong side of the bay. They realised that if Cameron saw them from his bedroom window, they had to be going the other way. Eventually the hotel phoned them and told them that yes, there was a Robertson family home on the other side of the island. So they started to drive Cameron there. They didn't tell him where they were going, but when they arrived Cameron jumped out of the car and ran straight to the house. He knew it immediately. But as Cameron walked through the door, he began to get very pale and quiet. He knew where to go and he was so excited. But upon entering the house, he stood to one side, slightly uncertain. Then he took off, running around the house, pointing out all the rooms where he had lived. He showed them all the nooks and crannies and the three toilets. The strangest part of the story comes when researchers manage to find one of the surviving Robertson family members. In most of the reports, they don't state whether this is a man or a woman. I believe in the video it says it was a woman. Unfortunately the relative in question seemed to know nothing about a man called Shane Robertson, but even stranger was the fact that this family, now living in Stirling, had photos of the dog and the car that Cameron had seen and described from his visions. How could Cameron know about everything else but get this wrong? It seems that the relative in question would have been at the house around the same time as Cameron in his past life. As he grew older, Cameron began to lose the memories of Barra. After his visit, he settled down, happy to know his mother in this life believed his story. One of the last things that Cameron mentioned was when he was talking to his friend. And he said, Don't worry about dying, you just come back again. When his mother asked him, How did you get here to me? He replied, I fell through and then I went into your tummy, and that was Cameron's story. Hmm.
1: I thought for a minute that we were going to go back to Barra and the Robertsons were going to be in that house, and it was actually just a case of kidnapping.
0: Yeah, and they were like, "Oh God, you took our child."
1: <laughs> but no, they weren't in the house. Oh, there is That one's a bit more unnerving, I think.
0: Why is it more unnerving? I don't know
1: because the first one was just like, "Yeah, flying some planes, bang, bang, bang," but this one's like a whole family and like they're all dead and there's no record of him and maybe it was the dog.
0: Again, you are a baffling human being. Why? It just wasn't what I was expecting. But it could have been the dog. It could have been the dog. Because if the dog was I, a yeah. good
1: dog, then it might have gone up the cycle.
0: Yeah, maybe it, maybe it was a really good dog. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. Oh, no, don't oh, you cry. You know how I feel about <laughs> dogs.
1: Maybe it was a good dog, and actually the dog got hit by a car. And uh, that's how he ended up as Cameron.
0: Oh, God.
1: Okay, go. so he solved it. Have you solved Next the problem? <laughs> Next mystery. Take that one
0: off. Oh, we were walking into my friend's house last night and parked on our street was a legitimate mystery machine. Yes. From Scooby-Doo. Yes, that's true. Like a fully decked out mystery yeah. machine. it was very cool. It was a fucking cool. If I, I wondered where you got going now. If that. it wasn't highly illegal and I would definitely get caught because I'm that kind of person, I would have stolen it.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't.
0: Yeah, me too. Because you I'm definitely would have got caught. So when I read this story, I was interested in this psychologist, this doctor, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can find anything about Dr. Jim Tucker, and I could find quite a lot, actually. So I took this from Psychology Today, so Dr. Jim Tucker writes quite a lot for Psychology Today, and he has a particular interest.
1: Is that the proper psychology magazine, or is that the the, the psychology which is about
0: paranormal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's the not the proper word, I don't think. Okay. I can't remember. I'll have to check in a second. I will check and get okay. back to you. Um but he has done loads of research into past lives and reincarnation. Okay. And trying to find patterns between these stories. And I think he's investigated something like six hundred cases. Whoa. And then he's found seventy that all have like patterns. Generally by the time the kid reaches like the age of six they forget their memories, or they sort of settle into their like well, we, normal life. We got that with where, um,
1: Cameron's story, didn't we? Because it yeah. kind of said, whereas we didn't get it with the first one, I think he's probably just grown into a fire pilot.
0: Yeah, so he's just didn't even need to train. No. He was like, I just fucking know yep. what I'm doing, babe. Don't worry about it. So I'm going to, to read you one more story, and this story comes from this particular doctor. Okay. And he writes about this story about Ryan. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. When Ryan was four, he began directing imaginary movies. Shites of action often echoed from his room. But the play became a concern for Ryan's parents when he began waking up in the middle of the night screaming and clutching his chest, saying he dreamed his heart exploded when he was in Hollywood. His mother asked his doctor about the episodes. Night terrors, the doctor said. He'll outgrow them. Then one night, as his mother tucked Ryan into bed, Ryan suddenly took hold of her hand. "'Mama,' he said. "'I think I used to be someone
1: else.'
0: "'He said he remembered a big white house and a swimming pool. "'It was in Hollywood, many miles from his Oklahoma home. "'He said he had three sons, but that he couldn't remember their names. "'He began to cry, asking his mother over and over why he couldn't remember their names. "'I really didn't know what to do,' she said. "'I was more in shock than anything. "'He was so insistent about it. "'After that night,' He kept talking about it. Kept getting upset about not being able to remember those names. I started researching the internet about reincarnation. I even got some books from the library on Hollywood, thinking their pictures might help him. I didn't tell anyone for months. One day, as Ryan and his mom paged through one of the Hollywood books, Ryan stopped at a black and white still taken from a 1930s movie, Night After Night. Two men in the centre of the picture were confronting one another four other men surrounded them. His mother didn't recognise any of the faces but Ryan pointed to one of the men in the middle. Hey mama, he said, that's George. We did a picture together. (laughs) His finger then shot over to a man on the right wearing an overcoat and a scowl. And that's me. I found me. The book didn't provide any names of the actors pictured but she quickly confirmed that the man Ryan said was George in the photo was indeed a George. George Raft, an all but forgotten film star from the 1930s and 1940s. Still his mother couldn't identify the man Ryan said had been him. She wrote to Tucker, whom she found through her online research, and included the photo. After weeks of research, confirmed the scouting man's name, Martin Martin, an uncredited extra in the film. Not long afterward, Tucker and the family travelled to California to who'd been tracked down by researchers working with Tucker on a documentary. Tucker sat down with the woman before her meeting with Ryan. She'd been reluctant to help, but during her talk with Tucker, she confirmed dozens of facts that Ryan had given about her father. Ryan said he danced in New York. Martin was a Broadway dancer. Ryan said he was also an agent, and that people where he worked had changed their names. Martin worked for years at a well-known talent agency in Hollywood, where stage names are often created. After his dancing career ended, Ryan said his old address had Rock in its name. Martin lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills. Ryan said he knew a man named Senator Five. Martin's daughter said she had a picture of her father with the Senator Ives, Irving Ives of New York, who served in the US Senate from 1947 to 1959. And yes, Martin Martin had three sons. The daughter, of course, was able to tell Ryan their names.
1: Was Martin Martin's daughter Martina Martin?
0: I'm going to say yes. Okay, good. That one. Woody... <laughs> Martin Junior, Martin Martin Martin.
1: Yeah, Martin Martin Martin. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was a good one, wasn't it? I thought I thought he was going to be a director though, because he was making the movies rather than starring. Do you know what I mean? Like, when we are talking about him making the movies, but I guess he was just reliving what he was experiencing or what he'd experienced on the set when he was playing. Yeah. Or maybe my mind always wanted to be a director.
0: Maybe he did and maybe he was really angry that he wasn't a director. And that's
1: why he was scowling the photo.
0: The thing that strikes me about this is a child, like a, a four-year-old, is, not gonna, is so unlikely to know the word agent.
1: Yeah, and also, if it takes a film archivist to work out who it is... Yeah, and <laughs> it's he's like, that's me. Be, yeah, it's not going to be someone of public knowledge. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing. Do you think that those dreams that we have are... Some some of our dreams, not all of them, but some of our dreams are like something we experienced in the past.
0: I don't know. Because
1: there's always a house I'm in and I always really recognise it, but I've never been there.
0: That's that, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Why? Stuff like that freaks me out. Because it makes me think like, what if in my next life, if reincarnation is real or it's a thing, what if in my next life I'm just born into suffering and pain? And that really freaks me out. So a friend of mine, she had like this... She was going to come on and talk about it, but I haven't I haven't gotten her on yet, But so I'll give you the brief version. She was in this horrific car accident and she had PTSD, like diagnosed with PTSD after this car accident. She and her daughter had nearly died. So she went for regression therapy to try and help her to face what happened to her and overcome it and try and move on from it. And in the regression therapy, she found out... I mean, I don't know how regression therapy works, so you know, this This is why I'm giving you the paradigm version. But she she 100% believes that she died in the Holocaust. Wow. Yeah, that she, she went into this regression therapy and she had, um, when she kind of came to or whatever, the therapist was like, oh my God. And the therapist was really shook. Yeah. And then she was like, well, what, what what is it? What's happened? And the therapist kind of told her, or I don't know if they recorded it or whatever, but anyway, the therapist told her, What had happened and she was able to describe like minute details about her literally walking to the gas chamber. Oh. And that gave me the heebie-jeebies.
1: I'd want my therapist who was doing this to record me because I wouldn't believe anything they told me while I was under.
0: No, me neither. I wouldn't believe it So I wouldn't
1: hear it myself saying it.
0: But then kids do, they just say weird things and I don't know if...
1: Yeah, but not with the consistency that these stories have. No, I know. They're not just random weird things. Like oh it's just he covers his ears so he can't hear the voices
0: so I was at home over Christmas and I was with my nephews and my eldest nephew is five and his little brother is two and the little brother was covering his ears and I thought I was being too loud and I said oh am I being too loud for Ralphie and Zach said no you're not being too loud for ralphie it's dark outside and i said what the fuck does that mean like that's irrelevant he doesn't fucking see with his ears (laughs) and then zach was like when it's dark outside ralphie can hear the people on the roof and i used to hear the people on the roof too and i used to be really frightened of them and ralphie's really frightened of them so that's why he covers his ears and i was like oh god nope absolutely fucking not so i just was like okay and I just moved on. I was like, I'm not even entertaining this. I'm not asking the question. And the really bizarre thing about that story is that Ralphie doesn't speak. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I was like, did he tell you that with his mind? Well, like, I feel like, did he I feel like those two
1: do communicate with a bit of telepathy, to be honest.
0: I, um, they that's probably another do. Another story. <laughs> they probably do, but yeah, it was like it really gave me, it really freaked me out when he said that to me. And he was like really matter of fact, you know, but the way kids are, really serious about mm. things. He was really serious, really matter of fact and I was like okay well I'm never asking questions about that ever again because I don't want to know so I think if like if if we had a kid for example and they were like in my past life I did this or I had a mummy once I'd be like okay bye now and I'd never ask them a question about it I'd just be like let's pretend this isn't happening and I'll you'd be do like, worse
1: you see that covered under the stairs bye that's
0: where you live now bye you don't exist in I'll our world anymore under the gap. are you six yet <laughs> no you're not six yet therefore you
1: don't come out so, but the thing with reincarnation, right, if everything's reincarnated, that means there's a finite number of souls. that blow your mind, didn't it?
0: Oh, no, see, it, do, it does actually blow, and it gives me such an existential crisis.
1: I mean, it's quite a big finite number of souls, if you take it to get all the animals.
0: Yeah, no, it gives me an existential crisis, and I don't want to think about it. So what do you think? Do you think <laughs> reincarnation is real?
1: I don't know, to be honest with you. It's a bit, bit more entertaining than going into the ground and being eaten by worms, isn't it?
0: It, I mean, it is more definitely more entertaining than that. But I, I, I do wonder if it's sort of um, if part of it is parents who are just perpetuating it or encouraging it in a way without it, not not in like a a negative way, not in a in a kind of I'm trying to make money or I'm trying to scam people. I don't mean it like that. But I think parents maybe get a bit wrapped up in the whole what what their children say has this definite meaning. Yeah. When actually maybe it doesn't. And
1: maybe they hear more than the kid is actually saying. As well. Yeah.
0: Because I cannot fathom a child of that age say, saying all those things.
1: No. Come on, God.
0: Oh, my God. He said it's not a bomb. It's a whatever it's like a it was. Flotation device. No, that wasn't. It wasn't a flotation. I don't remember what it was. A drop tank. The guy, so this psychologist. He obviously does well enough out of it. Clearly does very well out of it. But, you know, this is his area of research. And this is what he's fascinated with. And he put forward a theory or a suggestion that perhaps it is... So, there is a suggestion that rats pass on trauma to their babies.
1: Why are we talking about rats?
0: I'm just... I'm giving you an example.
1: Can't we just say some animals?
0: Some animals pass on trauma to their babies. Definitely not rats. It is rats. (laughs) And he is wondering whether or not humans can do the same thing. So, if you have a traumatic experience as a pregnant mother is that imprinted on your child is there like a generational memory could be that's i mean that's a fucking weird i mean code, i mean it?
1: the context of the memory is a bit weird
0: yeah the context like of the i'm memory pretty sure weird. the
1: mum wasn't a fighter pilot in world war Two.
0: well you, do, you maybe in, in in her like her reincarnated itself was
1: uh see was You're so it's a, re- reincarnation by proxy i know right that's really complicated. <laughs> I know, this is like, this
0: is like Inception.
1: But that means the baby doesn't, isn't reincarnated, so the baby is a new soul.
0: Oh, God. Well, listen, I don't, maybe he was reincarnated from a beetle. So he needed like, maybe it was a really good beetle.
1: <laughs> I, love, I love the idea of a really good beetle. <laughs>
0: then What would a really good beetle do?
1: Roll its tongue really round.
0: Really round yeah. and really well. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, but it's weird. It is weird. I don't think... I think he's on the wrong track there. I'd quite like to talk to him though. Should we get him on?
0: Who, the young fella?
1: No, the doctor. Oh, the doctor. Yeah. I
0: thought you meant the children. And I was no. like, oh, no, I can't be bothered talking to them about this. The doctor, yeah, I'll message him. Thanks. I, will, I actually will. Yeah, I'll we message should. him and be like, come on, the podcast. But listen
1: to our podcast first because my co-host, Danny, is a bit of an idiot.
0: Yeah, that's not what I'll say, oh. but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that is that is his theory about reincarnation. I personally think that maybe these stories are embellished
1: yeah but what if it's like um what's that word you know when ghosts aren't actually ghosts they're just imprints there's a word for it what is it oh I don't know Resid- residual, residual energy, energy yeah. what if the residual energy has just fallen on the child for a bit
0: it's like yeah maybe. so maybe it's
1: like residual memory
0: oh <gasps> um are you a doctor are you a, doctor. a psychologist yeah residual me. memory yeah. I should have called this episode residual memory there you
1: go residual memory that's what it is
0: fuck Did I missed that chance
1: uh-huh. yeah no it's weird though I just like to be honest these stories are fascinating because I don't know the kids I can't picture them but if it was a kid I know that started blurting this stuff out I would be well freaked out
0: yeah
1: I would not be able for it at all no, I'd you wouldn't. Just be like, nope. I
0: just see I just ignore it and you'd be freaking out. So be we shouting them down. We probably wouldn't wouldn't Don't it, you talk about that anymore? It, it wouldn't be conducive to a healthy environment to allow the kids explore. Mummy, Daddy's
1: sitting in the corner rocking again. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some reviews? <laughs> yeah, let's go for it.
0: So we have a review from Nikki Ray, which says binged it in about a week. Love this podcast. Emma and Dan are hilarious. The stories are well researched without being boring or too analytical. Well, don't say that after you listen to this episode. Yeah, that's true. I was actually yelling during the Dear David because it, they made it so creepy. Love it, and I look forward to more episodes.
1: We love that binge life.
0: And the next review comes from Bilgo, and it's entitled Hooked. Just started listening and started from episode one, Addictive. And finally, we've got Holly Rose4644, who says, Scary, creepy, cool. Oh my God. Oh if i had like tinder that would be my bio scary yeah, creepy
1: really cool okay cool. <laughs> like
0: this is so addictive i binged all the episodes in a fortnight and now i need to become a patreon to satiate my need for creepy stories dan and emma are funny and have great chemistry and the film reviews are great they watch crap horror so you don't have to
1: i mean we do watch a lot of crap horror we do watch almost to the point where now it's becoming quite predictable for us and yeah, like, oh, there's that, that, that trope to coming
0: i said that today i was like i think we've watched too many horror films at this stage Maybe Which should watch children's movies instead. <laughs> I mean, they're also horrific. Yeah, no, they are. They're very, very horrific. So yeah, thank you for leaving reviews. If you want to help out the podcast, please do go and leave us a review on on Apple Podcast. It lets people see that when they come across the podcast that there's other people that have left good reviews, and then they go, "Hey, I'm gonna listen to this podcast." Then we take over the podcasting world.
1: And really, I really like reading them as well. I like hearing what people say about it. It's quite funny, particularly isn't it? like listening to all them people uh, reading about all them people that binge it. All in one go,
0: binge it. Dan is very much a binger as well, so he's yeah. in your it's all the drugs that he binges. <laughs> Slander. Uh, so, if you enjoyed this week's episode,
1: give us a follow on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod.
0: Thanks very much. <laughs> well done. That Th- do follow us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod you can find us on Instagram at real life ghost stories you can find Dan on Instagram at
1: 50p movie club
0: come and find us there because we are very active on Instagram you can find us on Facebook real life ghost stories podcast give the page a like leave a little review there if you're feeling so inclined and join our super secret supergroup which is R L G S supergroup which is an amazing lovely community of people that has not been sullied by the world of the internet yet which is, sullied is stunning. Yes yeah, sullied is a good word yeah. isn't it? I like it. And if you want to send us a story please send your story to life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com and, and if you want to support us with some of your cash money you can do so on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month you get an extra episode a week and for two dollars a month you get uh the back catalogue of 50p movie club and the mm. new series of 50p movie club with dave keen so <laughs> we don't i would just like know. to say thank you so much again i know i said that at the, at the top of the episode and i'm going to say it again this year has been mental for us
1: Very mental Very mental
0: Very mental Experimental Experimental <laughs> Super mental But no, that's not an No But in terms of the podcasting It's been Crazy We've started a podcast from Nothing And built it up into something I don't know what that something is yet You guys You guys You guys you gorgeous little community Of wonderful people And it's um, It's amazing So thank you and and we love you and this has been a weird little journey and we love it and it's crazy and I wouldn't change it for the world happy new year happy new year and we shall see you next week bye